All right. I want y'all to think about it. Of What are we called in the Bible? What's the animal? Sheep. Yeah, sheep. What is the most afflicted animal in all of Christendom? I would say it's the deaf sheep. Have you ever had a point in your life, or have you ever had a whole life? Like, have you done this your whole life where you've never had a time where you could seem to hear God's voice? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you can either have a time where you just can't seem to hear, or you can have people that go their whole life and they can't hear God speak to them. And so anyway, that's an affliction to be deaf and be a sheep. This morning we're going to talk on this biblical creature called deaf sheep. It's the most afflicted animal in Christendom. So I want to know where in the Bible does it tell you that uh, you can hear God's voice as a sheep? What verse is that? I mean, it's your... I know the word. Yes. Yes. Where's that verse? It's the chapter where... John 10. My sheep hear my voice. Yeah. Yeah, you can remember it that way. So my sheep hear my voice. So you've got a promise here that you can hear God speak to you. So now I've got a problem because it says that my sheep hear my voice and yet there's whole churches out there that don't ever teach on hearing God nor ever practice hearing God. You'll never hear anyone stand up and and say, I heard God speak to me. Like I'd say, that whole place over there, that whole group of people, they're deaf sheep. <laughs> These are the deaf sheep in the body of Christ. They just, they don't hear God speak to them. And you know my joke. There's only two ways in a church who does not believe you can hear God's voice where they'll believe you if you tell them, I heard God. Because most of the time you tell them, I heard God, they go, ooh, ooh there's something wrong with you. You think you're hearing God. But you'll tell them, I just feel like I need to come apologize to you and ask you to forgive me. I feel like God told me to. They'll go, that's probably God. <laughs> the other time is, I really feel like, I mean, this is hard for me, but I really feel like I need to give you $1,000. <laughs> they'll say, yeah, you heard. But other than that, there's a group of people that literally they get really nervous over the fact that... People talk about hearing God. And with some people, the way they hear, I can understand why they're nervous. I mean, there are some people out there that you're like, why are these people that are crazy dominating this field? Why are there people that literally, they're not stable with the Lord? When the Bible tells us that you should be hearing God's voice. That is part of who you are as a Christian. Is the ability, or part of who you are as a sheep is the ability to hear God speak to you. But we accept that all the time, that I just can't hear. I just can't hear God speak to me. In fact, it, there's a danger to a life who cannot hear God speak to them. I don't want to bring up a, a sore subject, but that would be like you're in a submarine, mm -hmm. and you don't have any equipment where you can communicate to the outside that your entire communication system is hooked to the mothership and the communication goes dark. Wouldn't you say that would be a 
scary event. Maybe the whole world would be talking about this event where there was no communication. That's what Christians are like. If there's no communication to the Father. If he has not given us any ability to know what his will is or to speak to us, it would be like being in a little sub and you're going around in the best you can trying to get around, but you have no communication coming uh, from the one who, who knows everything, the one who's on, let's say, on top of everything, the one who can see everything, who has a, a purpose for your life. There is no ability to hear their voice. So the deaf sheep are a problem. And so sometimes we'd look over there and go, oh, those are the deaf sheep. Those are people that truly don't believe they can hear the Lord speak. And this is kind of a fun thing for me to ask people. Like when I was in school, I would ask them at a Christian school, have you ever had God speak to you? And most of the time, if people say yes, they're going to tell you one or two crucial times in their life they feel like God spoke to them. And especially if, if you can verify it, like that was a very strong time God told me exactly what he wanted me to do, and it was verified. Like it saved my life. Or it changed everything. Like, and sometimes you'll, you'll meet them and they'll tell you, well, the Lord told me which school to go to. And it was very clear to them. And it really made all the difference in their life. Like maybe they were headed to somewhere else, to another school, and the Lord spoke to them in a supernatural way and told them, this is where I want you. But in saying this, of us looking over and saying, oh, that's the deaf sheep. Oh, that's the people that can't hear. Even theologically, they really don't think that you can hear God speak. Let's talk about those who do believe that we can hear God speak to us. How well are we doing? <laughs> so it's real easy to talk about those deaf sheep over here. But here's these people that are hearing sheep. They have ears. But how well are we doing on hearing our Father's voice? Like, do you have any confidence in it? I don't know if, if you're like me. Sometimes I read the Old Testament scripture and it'll say, and the Lord spoke to Abraham. And I want to say, how did the Lord speak to Abraham? Like, was this audible? You know, what method did God use to speak to Abraham? And so you're trying to figure out a method of how God was using. Does he speak just inside your spirit? You know, you have that amazing scripture where Elijah says, were you in the storm? Were you in the tornado? Were you in the whirlwind? Were you in all these different loud ways? And then finally it says in the still, quiet voice. And so that's the first one we're going to look into is in John 10 is that still, quiet voice. And it comes in the passage of John 10, verse 5. And I want you to see some differences here. It says in John 10, verse 3, part B, you'll hear my voice. In John 10, verse 4, it says you'll know my voice. John 10, verse 16, you'll hear my voice. John 10, verse 27, you'll hear my voice. Did you see the one time that it uses a different verb? It goes from what? It goes from? Knowing the hearing. Yes. So what would you think would be the difference between knowing God speaking to you and hearing God speaking to you? I don't need to hear a voice. It's just knowing. Okay. 
my dad always said you need to practice hearing and so I'm going to say you need to practice knowing because you've got to be sure that you're hearing with your spirit man not your soulish man that's the ones that are goofy Christians if you just want an easy way to understand who the goofy ones are they're hearing what they want to do and that comes from your soulish realm and I'm not saying that God won't let you hear from your spirit man and it be the secret desires of your heart but you've got to be careful to know that you're into your secret desires you're not just a goofball so there'll be stability to your life someone that hears God well they'll have a stable life so I'm gonna push you in the area of of going into this with your father all right so I'm gonna give you three verses here Exodus 12 verse 2 Zechariah 7 11 and Matthew 12 13 Jesus actually talks about this concept of deaf sheep That's the last one. Matthew 12 verse 13 and these are the words that he uses it's people or a condition where you have ears so you have the apparatus but you don't hear so a lot of times when we think of our ears we think, oh, these are our ears so we can hear what's going on around us. But did you know that your ears, according to the Lord, were made to hear God? Because when he says people have ears but they don't hear, he's not talking about that they are deaf out in the world. He's not talking about a physical condition that a doctor would work with. He's talking about having ears, that God created you with ears, and his purpose for creating you with ears is so that you hear him. Because it says they'll just keep on going on uh, not hearing. They have ears to hear, but they have ears that don't hear, and they'll live a life of not hearing God speak. They also It talks about you have eyes, but you don't see. You have ears, but you don't hear. So... When God thinks of your ears, he thinks of it in terms of you being able to hear him. He put those on the side of your body, on the side of your head, so that you'd be able to hear him. They're not just to hold your sunglasses up. Put a pencil behind your ear. Look like you're a workman out there, you know, construction guy. They're not there for decorations on the side of your head. Your ears were meant... To hear God speak to you. The one thing you don't want to hand God back is uh, at the end of your life with accountability. Oh Lord, here's my ears back. They never heard. And so he, in scripture you'll find out that he gets very upset with ears that don't hear. And if we never talk about it or we never discuss it, you'll never ever put a pressure on yourself to hear God's voice. You'll never ever put, I like this word, a pull. Like It's like you pull on heaven, and you, and you put a pull on him. Lord, I want to hear. Now, if you're someone that you, you give Bible lessons, have you ever been where uh, you had to speak and you had to hear the Lord of what you're going to speak on? You know, and you go crazy for about a week or two. Like You're like, what do I speak on? What do I? And, and you can know your Bible really well, but until God gives you a lesson, you don't know what you're speaking on. Yeah. I mean, it's like a, a blank sheet. Like, I, I look on the computer and people go, can't you just make up something? I mean, after this many years? Mm-mm. It just feels like a complete blank sheet. And then when God gives it to you, 
used to in the old days before I had cell phones, where I had the notes program where I could write it up, you'd see me out walking, praying, pacing, 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 and then suddenly it looked like I was having some kind of a, a physical attack. I'm running as hard as I can for the house because I'm writing down as fast as it comes, the Lord's speaking. Isn't, that, isn't it a beautiful feeling when you can hear God speak? Like it just comes to you and you're like, oh, it's him. I could have never known that on my own. Like I, did, I didn't know that. One hour ago, I didn't know it. But now I know it. It's like a big struggle in prayer. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're trying to do a lesson like it, it it's like there's a fight going on. Just oh yeah, it. there is a fight. And it's ripping. It, 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 it feels like it's like torquing everything inside of you. Mm-hmm. And then when you when it hits, it's it's like euphoria. Yes, I mean you're so happy. Like if I can just get the title of what I'm speaking on, I'm happy. Everybody goes, why are you in such a bad mood? Well, because I have to speak and I have no idea what I'm speaking on. And they think, they think, well, you'd think you'd be used to it by now. You're, you're not producing your lessons out of your head. You're, you're getting them in your spirit, and especially if you have that prophetic bent to it where they're very timely. Like you're hitting the nail on the head of, oh, this is what, this is what the Lord's speaking in this hour. And also I would say the Lord has a lot of variety. If people don't have variety when they teach, and it's always the same subject, I would say that they're not pushing enough into this to hear the Lord, to hear him speak to you, to hear him talk to you about life decisions. Now, this is not a Bible study going into all the ways to hear God. I'm not trying to do a definitive work this morning on it. I'm getting you to the point of saying, you need to be hearing God on a regular basis. That you're putting a push on you yourself. Now you don't have to go crazy and have to hear the Lord. Okay, Lord, I got to just hear you this morning. Hear you? Do I brush my teeth or not? <laughs> yeah, I, I could say. Uh, well, I shouldn't. Should I not say it? Skip this one. Yeah, tell me, skip it. Andy, skip this one. But you do it. Okay, Lord, do I shave my legs this morning? Do I shave? So you're asking questions like that. So, <laughs> I know I'd get You don't go into crazy little things that are upkeep. That's Even I would throw in the pile of, do I witness? Well, for the most part, Jesus said, go into the world and, and be a witness. And it didn't say they have to believe it or, or not believe it. Mom and I had so much fun in Abilene yesterday, just giving out books. We had one situation where a lady, she was at the counter of some makeup. And she was saying, just today, I lost the prayer I had been praying every morning. She said, I've done it all my life. And she said, I just was so upset because I lost my prayer. And mom comes up and said, here, here's Psalm 91. You need to pray it every morning. And she's like spooked. Like the Lord had uh, actually on the day she lost it said, here, here's your, here's a prayer to pray. And of course, in the back, mom has the prayer where you can make your faith personal. So that's where God is speaking, where he's leading you. But hearing God is very unique. A lot of times for me, 
it gives me that impression of, I wouldn't have known that. Like it's so out of the ordinary or I would have never thought of that. Like you can tell it's not coming from yourself. And it comes with a strong, and that's what we're into now, the knowing part of it. So on the knowing, it's very different than even the hearing. In John 8, 47, who are his sheep? Those who follow the Lord. So there's an essence to when you hear, you will follow. Now, I want you to know something so you don't get mixed up. In this scripture in John 10, verse 4, there are two voices. Or there's more than one voice. Now, people get really nervous about this. Now you've told them you're hearing God, but now you're telling them I'm hearing more than one voice. And they're like, oh, it's gone from bad to worse. This person hears more than one voice. Y'all, they're not being honest if they don't tell you they hear voices in their head. I mean, I know that sends you to the couch and your insurance starts paying. But you are hearing more than one voice. And I'm taking this straight out of John 10, 4. That literally you're hearing more than one voice. It says right here that there are two voices speaking to you. And they both start with an S. What are they? The voice of the... That's pretty good. Starts with an S. <laughs> snake. <laughs> snake. <laughs> well, yeah, the shepherd and the, and you said the other one, stranger. So under stranger, Garrett, I'm going to put the snake, <laughs> Satan. You did the S. But I love the way this verse says it, how Jesus describes it to you. You have the voice of the shepherd. It's very familiar to you. The fact that when you've gotten used to hearing him, you're like, oh, that's my shepherd speaking to me. Like, it's strong. Like, it'll get you out of danger. But it also comforts you. That shepherd's voice. It's usually real quiet. Mm -hmm. That soft little bit of whisper, like, Uh no, you should do this. Yeah. And everything else is like, no, go do this, go do that. Uh But a stranger's voice, this is how he says you can know the difference. One sounds like your shepherd, and the other voice sounds like a stranger speaking to you. So sometimes in the morning I'll pray this, Lord, let your voice be very familiar to my ears. My ears right here, you said you don't want ears on my head that don't hear. So make your voice very familiar to me. But let everyone else that's of the devil, let everything else that's not your voice sound like a foreign language to me. Have you ever been in another country or around foreigners? And you can't understand each other. And you know you're trying to say something, so both people are talking to each other. And when there's no understanding, what do people do? They get louder. Now, I don't know what you think of getting louder makes you think that that's going to make you understand. But two foreigners will be there expressing what they're trying to say to each other, especially if you've got someone like Italian or, you know, one of those real hot-blooded languages that has a lot of uh, uh, demonstration to it. And they'll be speaking to a dumb American that we can't speak ever another language. And they'll start, everybody just gets louder saying what they're trying to say. It doesn't help. 
I mean, I've been in countries where we're flat screaming at each other and nobody can interpret. Getting louder doesn't help you in this. So this is what the Bible is talking about. And I love that analogy because I always think of that scene in my head. That's what it's going to be like when it's not my shepherd's voice. It's going to sound like a foreign voice to me. It's going to sound like no matter how loud that voice is yelling in my ear, that's not the right voice. It's not the one telling me the right thing. That's a stranger's voice to me. So I'm not going to follow a stranger. I don't know that person. I'm not going to follow them. And that's what it describes here in verse 4. That's too many voices. Now, I'm going to put something underneath it in Psalm 55, 2. The enemy has a compulsive voice. It's the compulsive voice. And it's the loud just yelling at you, but there's something not right. I was in a situation in Israel. I was with an assistant. We had taken a wrong bus. We'd ended up on the top of a, a mountain, and we were in the, um, we were in a, part of Israel that wasn't Israelis <laughs> and uh, anyway these men were trying to get us into a van it got very compulsive and what was bad about it my assistant was saying let's get in the van and I was like do you want to live to tell about this <laughs> I told her I said you don't understand the customs it's even against the customs for a single female to go with men like you just don't do this and it was a stranger's voice, very compulsive. I mean, literally, I thought they were going to move from just yelling at us to actually putting us in that van. Beware of compulsive voices. That's what gets people in trouble, is if they follow the compulsive voice of the enemy. It's pressure. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. You know, I used to uh, speak at the prison a lot, and... I said, you know, you've gone a while, maybe your thing is, so let's just make an easy one, stealing cars. And so you're just walking along, and you've been out of prison for a while, and you're just really happy, and you walk by a car, and you, my gosh, it's unlocked. So you're looking at it. Then you're like, those dummies, they left the keys in the, in the ignition. And you just think, they're dumb enough, I should just get in their car. Anybody that leaves their car like that, you know, or maybe this is a kind that you can... You can make work without keys. So you get in, and you start going on that little bit of a joy ride. And you're going faster and faster. And so you've got the enemy on your shoulder going, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. You know what that voice is. Do it, do it, do it, do it. But it's funny what the enemy will do. All of a sudden, you see these unusual colors of light going on inside your, the inside of the car. Red, blue, it's going on the inside. <laughs> You're hearing a little bit of a siren. You pull over. And that same voice that was on the shoulder saying, do it, do it, do it, do it, jumps over and goes, I knew you were never going to turn out. You're so sorry. Your life is never, you can't. The same voice that five seconds before was telling you do it will jump on the other shoulder and start condemning you and telling you, I knew you couldn't pass this temptation up. Well, it's real easy to see it with guys whose thing is still in cars, but I bet you have the same compulsive voice in your life. It talks you into doing stuff, and then when you do it, it slams you, condemns you, makes you feel terrible, so you're never going to turn out. God could never be pleased with you. You're just, your life is going to be a total waste. You just can't ever get past it.
but it's the same voice. It'll talk you into it, and it will condemn you. This is how we say it. It gets you coming, and it gets you going. That's the compulsive voice of the enemy. Yes, a lot of times it does speak in first person. That's a good point. You'll hear it where it just says, I'm so unworthy. I'm just never going to turn out. God could never use me. I never could be that radical Christian I've always dreamed of being. I'm just never going to be able to please God. And so those voices will get you in both ways. Now let me put some names on these strangers' voices because this will make you understand and say, yeah, that's true. The voice of fear. The voice of just kind of screaming thoughts. You know, I've told you that story, but it bears repeating. They brought a little six-year-old boy to us. They said that there's something wrong with him. He and his older brother, sometimes, you know, as boys do, they kind of fight. And so when the brother that's a year or two older than him hits him, the little boy just goes crazy. Like, he just, his mind just, just kind of blitzes out. And they said he melts down in a way that he shouldn't melt down because he didn't hit him hard enough to hurt him. And so they said, why don't you bring him in for prayer? So they bring the little six-year-old to us, and oh, he was a cute kid. And so I checked the voices. I said, okay, so maybe you even go up and you hit your older brother, and then he hits you back. And I said, then you go crazy. I said, tell me what voices you're hearing when this happens. And a six-year-old told me this. He says, when he hits me, he said, I hear a voice tell me, if your daddy loved you, he wouldn't have left you. So this is what I'm talking about in that voice. It's a double voice. Sometimes in pain, you hear a second voice. And so what we had to do is we had to pray over him until he could answer that voice. That's the enemy. And he's trying to mess your life up. What you're hearing in stereo, you're going to have to do the spiritual warfare around it. Like, it's usually the voice of the enemy that where he comes in and you feel pain, and then the enemy will say some voice to you, something to throw you off. And so when Steph and I prayed over that young man, it was one of those times where just after a, a little bit of prayer, you felt that thing releasing. And we prayed a lot of different things off of him. We used our authority. We cast things off. And so anyway, we prayed because there's no reason that the enemy hits you in pain and then the rest of your life you live that pain. It's, it's like he got it to happen to you once. Now the enemy wants it happening to you over and over and over. And I've known people in their 60s, and when anything happens to them, they're reliving the pain like it happened just the day before. Like I took one of Mother's calls, and the lady was screaming. And I was like, how old are you? And she told me 65, and I said, when did this happen to you, 23? You thought it happened the day before. Because those voices are in echoes. It's the compulsive voice of the enemy. Now let me let you think of something here. Isn't it terrible to live a life and you can hear the compulsive voice of the enemy all your life, but you can never hear your shepherds? 
Wouldn't it be terrible to live your life and all you can hear is the enemy talk to you or the stranger talk to you, but you never learn to hear God's voice. And sadly to say, that's where most people are. They can hear the enemy, but they have not learned to hear their shepherd's voice. So our little six-year-old fella, cute as could be, he went back to his house and they said from then on he and his brother could wrestle and he never had that problem again. It's like he completely had that fight you need in life. When he understood his authority, he completely understood what to do when that voice spoke to him. Y'all, you cannot ignore the voices in your head. You've got to answer them. You've got to speak back. Jesus did not say when the devil spoke to him, Oh, I'm the Son of God. I'm going to just ignore you. I'm more powerful. What did he do? He answered it. And if him being God, if Jesus being the Lord had to answer Satan, because you, you could say, well, he didn't have to answer him. He's, he's, he's stronger than Satan. Well, that's how people say it to me. That, that's the excuse they give. Well, Jesus is stronger than Satan. Yes, and Jesus answered him. If Jesus had to do it, you have to answer that compulsive voice. So this is what bothers me right here. Is it bothers me that people are more sure of the enemy's voice, even sometimes mixing God's voice up with the enemy, than they are of their shepherd's voice. They're more into their stranger's voice. And these are the people that get nervous when you talk about there being more than one voice. And yet, every day, there are voices speaking to them that condemn them, talk failure, talk fear, that scream in their ears, and they get tormenting thoughts. If you have tormenting thoughts, you need prayer just like our little six-year-old. Because that's not how God meant it to be. And I'll tell you, it's when you get rid of the tormenting thoughts, when you get rid of those screaming voices, a lot of times that's what's blocking you from hearing God. It's not that he's not speaking to you. It's that you've got this other static coming in over the radio. I'll tell you what I call it with the enemy. Chatter. He chatters. And you've got to tune your station into the Lord. But you've got to get rid of those tormenting voices. I truly believe that's why people can't hear the Lord and why they're deaf. Well, I'm hearing that witness back in the back of the room. That it is. It does speak to you like it's your own thoughts thinking it. I'm so depressed. I just can't even, I can't even seem to pick myself up to think about starting something new. I'm fighting all this depression. I, I don't want to start off with a new relationship, a new school year, a new physical condition. You have all these things and you're fighting depression. It comes in the first person voice. But it is so messy in most people's heads. There's so much static going on. They cannot get enough peace. They can hear God speaking to them. That ought not be for a Christian. That ought not be for a sheep. You were not made to be like that. So this is the reason for deaf sheep is that God is trying to speak to you, but you're so tuned into the enemy You've given him so much leeway, even without knowing it. It comes usually in at the point of trauma, that that's all you can hear inside of yourself. 
So in the John 10, 3, John 10, 4 of the no, in John 10, 16, the one that I read about the here, it's very interesting here. It says they're of another fold. How do you know that these sheep belong to God? Now, how I would interpret it, I'm going to just give you a loose interpretation here. Jesus was telling the Jewish audience, there's going to be another fold that's going to join with y'all. And that's who? Gentiles. We've been grafted in, as Paul would say it. So he uses the analogy of a tree where you graft in another tree. Jesus uses the fact that there's going to be another fold. But I want you to see how he explains it here. How do you know that these are sheep like you? How do you know this other fold is from me? How do you know that these sheep belong to him? They too hear. They also hear God's voice. Would you realize that that's the validation of you being a sheep is being able to hear God? I mean, this is epic proportions of deaf sheep. I mean, this isn't just a few frozen chosen over here. This is literally people not talking about hearing God's voice. I mean, we should be having a lesson on this at least a couple of times a year. You don't need to sit and have church services and you've gone your whole life sitting in church and never one time heard a lesson on hearing God's voice. Clearly, this is telling you that God has made it, that one of the signs that you're a Christian is that you hear God's voice. In John 10, 27 on the hearing, it's a mark of your relationship with the shepherd that you can hear him. Can you imagine being in a relationship with someone and you can't hear him speak? Uh, we're dating. I never heard you speak. <laughs> That's one of the most precious things is the sound of the voice or some of the words that you've heard him say to you. You'll go over them and over them in your mind. What they give you strength. They make you have that fight you need in life. And we dare not assign this to God that he wants to give us that kind of strength. So, we're in agreement. You're made. Those things, those, those little blobs of flesh, they're hanging off the side of your head. Grab it. These are meant to hear the voice of my shepherd. They're meant for God. They're meant to hear the Lord speak to me. John 10, 27 on the hearing, it says, Who are his sheep? Those who hear and follow. Who are not his sheep? Those that can't hear. All right, so my sheep know my voice. Now, I hate to tell you this, but we made it easy above. There's two voices. But the problem here is no voice recognition. Because there are actually, in this passage of Scripture, seven voices that speak to you. You have the voice of the stranger, verse 5. Thieves and robbers. You'd have to be in law enforcement to know the difference between a thief and a robber. Verse 4. And then it's what Garrett was saying, verse 10, the thief. So you have a whole bunch of thieves, but then you have the chief thief. And that's in John 10.10, 10, the famous verse. Jesus says, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. But, and then what does he identify the other one with? What does he call Satan? The thief. The thief. So that's a good analogy for him that he's out to steal everything you've got. And that's verse 10. And then there's wolves, the voice of the wolf. And then there's a, a very unique voice that we did 
a lesson on called the hireling. Those are the worst in the kingdom, the hirelings. We won't even go into that verse 12. So you've got all these different voices speaking. And I'll tell you something else that Jesus uses in this analogy. He says that they tend to use windows instead of doors. They try to slip in the back way. And that's how I think they get in your head. They come in through a not-so-good way. You know, when you have someone that you love and you let them speak into your life, that's straight in. That's a bold approach. Like, I like that person. They speak straight into my heart. But these kind of voices, no, they came in through a, a back door. They came in through maybe you were doing something you shouldn't and, and you get this yapper inside of you now. You know, I've had kids and they'll come to me and they go, I used to always watch horror movies. And they get this voice always talking to them now. I had one of my friends here at Hired Pain. It took me quite a while before I caught her. I didn't know she was afraid of the dark. And so I would watch her run from street lamp to street lamp as fast as she could go. And I wondered why at night she's getting antsy. And I'm like, what's wrong with you? And I've got to get, I've got to get back to the dorm. But you could tell she's just anxious. And I'm like, wow, are you Cinderella and you turn into a pumpkin or something? I mean, there's something I don't know about you. And it was that she had let in the fear of the dark. And I mean, you'd see her like a streak trying to get back to the dorm. She had to get back to the light. I had my ways of getting it out of her. <laughs> I had a two-story house. I flipped off all the lights upstairs. I told her, up the stairs you go. I better hear you stomping. You heard her little voice. And I said, one verse. Pick a verse on fear. I said, you knew not to watch all those horror movies. I know. I was wrong. <laughs> you know, me and my sisters would watch them. Get up those stairs. Turn those lights off. And I said, I better hear your little voice. And so she chose, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. I could barely hear it. I go, I can't hear you. Felt like a Marine drill sergeant. I can't hear God, it's not giving you here slipping around hoping the devil's not going to jump out of a closet, you know, the demon. God, and I said, I want you answering the enemy. I said, stop, yell. So finally, at the end, she was like, God, it's not giving me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. And she didn't run to street lamps anymore. I thought her, speak that verse. The enemy will flee. He'll flee at the sound of your voice. And so anyway, she was good and stomping up there. I asked her one time, when did you get free? She goes, when you made me go upstairs and stomp. I go, oh, I forgot I did that to you. <laughs> so sometimes you've let in one of these voices, and they've come in through a wrong access. And that's what we're talking about with the windows. Eye gates, ear gates. We understand what we're talking about. Sometimes you've picked up something, and you're afraid now. You realize that in the garden that... Eve let her ear go to the serpent. And, and the serpent says, how do you know God's telling you the truth? And what happens? Suddenly God comes like he always did the cool of the evening. And Adam and Eve run. And they run away from God. And they hide. And that's what happens is when you let in something that you're not supposed to let in, you'll start running from God. It'll start taking you away from him. It'll start moving you in the wrong direction. You know, they said to God, I was afraid, and we hid. And they go, we're naked. 
God goes, who told you you're naked? So you see there's things that start coming on your life when you get into this realm where these different voices speak to you, the voices of strangers and thieves and robbers and, and uh, the snake in the garden, the wolves, the hirelings. There's other things speaking other than the voice of the Lord, of your shepherd. So in John 10, 5 is the no stage. And knowing God's voice is much of your hearing. And I love the way my mom says it. Well, mom, how do you know? And she'd say this. You know that you know that you know that you know. That you know that you know that you know. You know that you know. You know that you know. You know, this is the answer you get when you go to your parents. How do you know he's the right one? You know that you know that you know that you know that you know. <laughs> it's your knower. You know. You know. So what you're doing on this is you're counting on God's ability to make it known to you. Now, I'm seeing three here's and one no because you're going to be moving into that next stage. John 10, verse 3 I'm going to tell you this. I like this one. It's just the way he says your name. Just the way that God says your name. Have you ever had God give you a word and he calls you by your own name? It does something to you. Like you like hearing your name, especially in the lips of a lover. You like hearing your name by someone who loves you. The familiar voice of hearing him speak your name. And that's the unique thing about sheep is that there's recognition there. I always say a good shepherd, he knows all of his sheep by name. He calls you by name. So confidence in the shepherd is based on voice recognition. And so this is a prayer that you can pray. God, I'm just asking you for you to make your voice known to me, for the ability to make it known. And that's where you'll go deeper with the Lord. I had someone once call me, and they said they were someone else. But after listening for about two or three seconds, uh, I was like, uh, uh, this isn't them. It was a very known voice to me, and they identified by the name. And this is when I lived in the city, and they were for a couple years uh, with school. And they identified and said, I'm this person. And they spoke to me, suddenly I'm like, that's not them. That's how you should be with the Lord. Of like, that's not, that's not the Lord. Like, it says the enemy he loves to deceive. He'll even appear in a false form. He tries to act like he's God. Many things you're probably blaming on God is what the enemy has done to you. And this is one way that he does it. Let me tell you what you've got inside of you is voice recognition. Let me give you an example. Have you ever seen a baby and they recognize their mother? And it's shocking. Have you ever seen a mother? There'll be a whole room of kids screaming, like all screaming. It's the church nursery. They're all screaming. That's my kid. And they can hear their kid out of all those voices. And then the kid has recognition of the mom. It's shocking. They're just a little blob of flesh. They don't even seem like their little heads going around everybody's, oh, how cute. But they have strong recognition. So you don't have to say you have to know God for a long time. You're like that baby. You know who the voice is that you can trust. 
Trust the fact that the Lord can make it known to you. So my sheep know, and then my sheep hear. I was near Bethlehem. I was on the, on the Israeli side of, of Bethlehem this last summer. Every morning I'd get up early and pray, and I'd see a shepherd come down with the sheep. Oh, that's a beautiful scene to see the, the sheep and the, and the shepherd, and he would take care of them. My favorite story of this is the Gideons were telling about this happening in Israel. But, you know, in Texas, we put our sheep in pens or, you know, we have little sheep sheds or, you know, different things for cold weather. Or, you know, you put them up and you lock them up at night a lot of times if there's a lot of predators. But in the uh, olden days, you would hire a shepherd. Now we don't have that kind of luxury to hire a man to stand out there and take care of the sheep day and night. You know, in Texas, what we hire now when we hire men is we have those dogs and we get those sheep dogs and they hopefully run interference with the uh, predators, the coyotes and everything else. So thinking about this and what they said that they saw was they were watching all the sheep on the fields grazing together and the shepherds at night, they would utilize the same caves and put all their sheep into it. So... The guys that were ranchers here were asking, how do you tell your sheep apart? You know, they all look alike. They were like, you cannot tell your sheep apart. I know you are going to get into fights the next morning of whose sheep is who because you're putting them all in one big cave together and then all the shepherds would sleep outside the cave that night. And so they said they couldn't stand not knowing how they were doing it. And they looked and there were no, you know, where it's a mark They'll paint something on the wool or they'll clip their ears or ear tags. No, none of that was on there. So they said, we're going to get up really early to figure out how they pull their sheep out. They were laughing. They were like, this is going to be the biggest mess in the morning. Those guys going in, grabbing a sheep, saying this one's mine, and someone grabbing another one. And they were just imagining the chaos. And they saw the most amazing situation. It's genius. The next morning, the shepherd would come up to the front of the cave and he'd yodel and his sheep would walk out. The next one would come up and he'd make his call for the sheep and his sheep would walk out. The sheep divided themselves. This is the picture that Jesus has given you. My sheep know my voice and a stranger's voice they're not going to follow. You know God's voice. So, daily hearing is part of your requirement now. I'm going to give you Isaiah 30, verse 21. That you are made to daily hear the voice of your shepherd. And this is talking about when you hear a voice behind you, and it tells you, go this way, go that way. Just like daily food... I would say you need to press into the Lord that, Lord, I hear your voice, that you speak to me. And I've told you there's been times when I have a hard decision to make and I'll go somewhere, I'll find this quiet place to pray and I'll work with the Lord and I'll tell him, I'm not leaving till I hear you speak to me. And sometimes it'll take me 45 minutes and I'll grab my ears, I'll pull on them 
uh, I'm always messing with them saying these are not here for decorations. You must hear the shepherd's voice and, and I'll just push into God until he speaks to me. And it's just like we were talking about here in the Bible study. When he does, it's so powerful. You're just like, it just comes all over you. And you feel like a weight comes off of you. Especially if you're in some kind of dilemma where you're up against the time element. You ask the Lord, let me hear your voice. The other one is Isaiah 50 verse 4. Awaken my ears. Awaken my ears, Lord, to you. And sometimes the Lord will tell me something hard to do. He'll tell me, you need to go make it right with this person. Or you got to go handle this conflict. Or sometimes he'll tell me, go witness to this person. Sometimes the Lord will tell you, you need to give some money to this, this person. I mean, he'll speak to you different things. And I never trust someone who always hears the easy stuff. You can argue with God all you want at that point. But I've noticed what he does. He keeps repeating himself. Like if I start arguing with him, he keeps saying the same thing. Um, I heard this man tell me the other day that the Lord told him, pick up this man beside the road. So he told the Lord, I'll do it after I get through doing my business. He said, I have to go and I've got to do some work there. So the guy's walking. He's, he looks like he's, I think, in his 70s or 80s out in that hot sun. So the guy goes and works for two hours. Well, by then, he's got a pretty good chance that the guy walking, that the guy's not going to be there. But the Lord kept telling him. So he comes back out, and there's the guy still going down the road. So he drives on past him, and the Lord starts talking to him. you got to help that guy. you got to help that guy. And he turns around because he had made God a deal. I'll do it if he's still here. Well, he had tried to make that go away with his how long of time he took. So he turns around, he picks the guy up. And I never trust someone who always hears the easy stuff. But I've noticed what he does. He keeps repeating himself. All right, so you've got to work on hearing God's voice. You've got to pull in. You've got to make it a priority in your life. It's a big issue with God, and he's not going to change his mind. And so I never trust people who never hear God tell them something tough. So on this issue of knowing and listening to God and me saying, okay, these over here are the deaf sheep, I was being actually polite. You may have been thinking I was being a little crass or I was being a little rude by saying, in the kingdom, these over here are the deaf sheep. But let me tell you what the Bible says. The Bible says they're not my sheep if they don't hear. So I started out by telling you, oh, oh, they're deaf sheep. But according to John 10, verse 26, it says, 26, But you do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. So they're not my sheep. So when I don't think I can hear, I tell myself, Oh, I don't want to be that, not my sheep. When I don't ask because I don't expect to hear, not my sheep. Oh, gosh. When I don't ask because I don't think I can hear, not my sheep. It goes against the words of Jesus. It makes you not my sheep. So I want you to meditate on these areas and tell yourself, I just can't hear God's voice. Meditate on this concept of literally it makes you in a category of not being sheep if you don't hear. 
Sometimes you, you get afraid. Like, I noticed when I went through a period of time of where I could tell God was getting me from the area of hearing God that I was comfortable with to an area where I was hearing on more specific things, I wasn't asking because I was afraid I couldn't hear. Get the fear off of you. Could be because I was afraid of the answer, but I was also afraid that I couldn't hear God speak to me. Repent of, of being afraid of it. So what I started doing is telling the Lord, this was kind of my way, I call it my cheat prayer. Lord, see me, I have little ears. <laughs> and these little ears want to hear you. Would you speak in a big voice? Would you as a shepherd make it where I can hear you? And I started putting it more back on him of saying, Lord, speak in a way I can hear you speak to me. Because I had to navigate around that voice that was telling me, I can't hear. I'm afraid I can't hear. I can't hear under pressure. And I started learning I can actually hear under pressure even better than when there's no urgency on it. When it's in peacetime, I can hear better. So then I had to start saying in peacetime, Lord, I can hear your voice in peacetime. Just don't give yourself an out on it. It's a relationship. Don't make it hard. Don't make it religious. Make it like a relationship of a personal relationship. God wants to speak to you. The saints of old would have God speak to them. You need this going in your life where you are his sheep and you do hear his voice. So, I was kind to you and I made it deaf sheep. But you don't want to get into the category of not sheep. Amen.